We have a gift in the movement for creating spaces for people to come and really express what they want to say to God, right? And we've built language and we've built theology around it. We've built values and statements of philosophy and all these sort of things. And it's all true and it's all good. But I want us to just do just a slight little course correction in in the way we think about what is happening when we gather. Last night we talked about this reality that we don't bring the presence of God, right? Isn't that a weight off your shoulders? It's like, I think I have to jump higher for him to come. You know, we don't have to do that. God is present, but his manifest presence does have something to do with our participation. God is not put off by us being involved. I had a great conversation with a friend who was, was a very staunch Calvinist. And he was just so mad at me one day because I was talking about, about Genesis and I was talking about how we get to partner with God. And he's like, you know, what's all this talk about partnering with God? God does it himself. He does everything. I'm like, really? Did he dress you this morning? Did he choose your clothes for you? Did he speak to everyone that you spoke to through you and you were just this unwitting conduit? of the Spirit. No, we're involved. We get to participate. That's the joy of family and integration. And so when people come and we gather to worship, there's something very special that we're participating. We're partnering. This is a collaborative experience. It's why it worked so well when uh, last night we were invited to the front to lead ourselves. And I, I am amazed. I wish I could list every little prophetic word that is just tying right in with all the little whispers of the Holy Spirit that I've had the last few weeks leading up to here. One of them last night was lead, lead yourself. Tonight and this morning, it was about leading ourselves. We don't lead others well until we've learned how to lead ourselves. And many leaders have never learned how to lead themselves first. How to lead themselves before the throne of God. How to lead themselves in experiencing and tasting grace. How to lead themselves in even the personal patterns that cause life to flourish over a lifetime. We've got to learn to lead ourselves. But in worship, there's a beautiful dynamic going on that we give people an opportunity to express themselves. There's only one problem. If the primary purpose of worship is self-expression, then the primary virtue we could, we could have is sincerity. Like the worst case scenario is not to be sincere in your expression, right? And the best case, the best virtue is that you're sincere. The entire thing orbits around us. And that's, uh, that's uh, what ends up being a dysfunctional view of what's actually happening in worship biblically. The dynamics of worship, all the pieces we put together, whether it's the music or the prayers we pray, et cetera, et cetera, this environment is created because worship is about God forming us. It is God's formation going on. Jesus is the leader of worship. Our part is to participate with what he is doing. In our planning, in the details, God is not put off by you blocking out time to do this. What, what song should we do, Holy Spirit? He thinks that's awesome. There are even moments, how many of you found you're like stuck, and then the Lord whispers, what's your favorite song? Yeah, do that one. And you're just like, is that cool? Okay, it's cool. I'm going to do that. And at the last minute, you're about to do it, and the Lord whispers, yeah, I was just kidding. Do this other one. No. <laughs> anyway, so uh, like that ever happens <laughs> to any of us. So, um, so let's get this in our hearts, in our minds. 
as vineyard worship even is, is unveiled in a fresh way in this season. God is the leader of worship. God is forming us in the midst of worship. This is the Holy Spirit's turf, the Holy Spirit's land. We get to participate with him in seeing something happen with gifts of leadership, gifts of guidance. But if it's just about our self-expression, we lose the plot. You with me? We lose our why we're doing this. We are gathering people around the person of Christ. For 2,000 years, the primary act of worship in the church had nothing to do with singing to God. It had everything to do with what we're going to do tomorrow. It was the table. Because feasting at the table together was gathering around the person and work and story of God. That was the central piece. And so it's important for us to recognize when we come together, we're creating space for God to do the work he has intended to do. He's the primary worship leader in the room. We get to facilitate what the Spirit is doing. Is that cool? These are little nuanced understandings, ways of talking about things, but I'm convinced they have big implications for what we're doing and how stressed we are as we do it. If it all depends on you, man, it's just hard work. So work harder. Like work harder, get better, and don't blow it. Don't screw up. Thank you for that word, Jesse. I'll do what I can, right? But there's an ease and a peace that comes with knowing that I get to collaborate with the Holy Spirit. Now, this idea of collaborating with God and God inviting us to collaborate with him is what I'd really like to talk about tonight. I had four messages ready for tonight. And at the end, I'm throwing them away and listening. And oh, is this you got like I was doing all sorts of things. And finally, the Lord said, I just want you to say that God sees you. God sees you. God sees you. And he wants to collaborate with you in seeing his kingdom come in people's hearts and in your own. He wants this to be a partnership. Worship is a collaboration, isn't it, when we gather? If we were just up here making the music and no one was in the room, I, <laughs> it, would, it would be fun. But it wouldn't be a worship dynamic for our community. But when people are in the room, they're collaborating with us in worship. It's a we experience. 